Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise the Lord. There we go. Luke chapter 1 as we continue to study the subject of redemption. I love studying the incarnation. It is, it is, it is amazing because it is one of the foundational pillars uh, of our doctrine. A virgin conceived. I said a virgin conceived one time, one time on planet earth. Isn't that amazing? He said, well, what did she conceive? She conceived the word of God and he became living flesh upon this earth. And I'm telling you, that is, that is, uh, that is a miracle. And I think people have heard it for so many years that they just kind of take it for granted that they think they know it. But I tell you that the, the very process itself. Now, let me say this, this might help some of you as you study the word there are sovereign acts of God in the Word that, that the reproduction of that act will not take place again. There's not going to be another flood on the earth. Every time you see a rainbow in the sky, that's part of I like to say that's God's signature in the sky that He's not sending a flood upon this earth to destroy man again. Amen? Uh, the, 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 the incarnation of Christ was a sovereign event. You say, what do you mean? Happened one time, it's not going to happen again. But there are principles and precepts that are in there and things that took place in the incarnation that God has brought them all the way from creation, all the way down. He kept them alive throughout the time in which Israel possessed the oracles of God. Then he released them to the world when Jesus rose from the dead. And we are, the, we are literally the, we are the keepers of that today. Did you know that? Yeah. I think more churches would be a lot more powerful if they understood that they were keepers of the oracles of God. You say, what do you mean by that? We are the ones that keep the word of God that produces the power of God and we possess the spirit of God that also produces power. Not only that, we are the bearers of the name that is above every name. Amen. Now, let me just say this because I don't want to, I don't want to uh, leave the wrong impression. But people would say, well, God, God will do any, what he'll do for this one, he'll do for that one, he'll do for this one, that one. Well, that may be true in the church of people that are being taught the word of God. But out in the world, God can only, God can only move based on knowledge. You know, a lot of people don't receive because they don't know. That's why we're supposed to go out and tell them. And I think one of our biggest deficits is that we, we tend to think everybody knows what we know. But listen, if you'll, if you'll notice this, if you really serve God, God will keep you a fresh supply of people in your life that don't know what you know, that are in your life for you to help them know what you know not only to live it out in front of them, but also to vocalize it so that they understand this is what I believe and I do believe this because this is what has worked in my life. So many people when it comes to Christianity, they only believe what's unique to their heredity. That's what my mama believed. That's what my, my grandparents believed. That's what my great-grandparents believed. But listen, it doesn't matter what mama believed or daddy believed. What do you believe? Jesus said, whom do you say that I am? Amen. So it is a very personal thing. And we don't, we don't receive salvation through inheritance. We don't get it because our family's saved. No, we get it because we recognize Jesus for who he is and make a confession of faith. Amen. Now, we begin to look at this. We begin to pick it up. Last week, we begin to saw the end of Malachi to the first of Matthew was a 400-year period in which a common language was, was, was placed upon the earth and many roads were built which were used in the evangelization of the world. So God was working for 400 years, even though they're called the silent years. Now, we pick it up 
in, in, in Luke chapter 1, and we looked at this last week, and I won't belabor the point too much so we can, you know, keep moving forward in it. But we look at this, at this chosen one. Everybody say chosen one. Now, now, the fact that she was chosen, Mary was chosen, there's nothing unique about that, and she's not any more chosen than you are. She's not any more special than you are. She was chosen to bear Jesus physically. You're chosen to bear him spiritually. It's the same thing. I said it's the same thing. There's a a reproduction process that happens through salvation. And the very spirit of the living God is reproduced on the inside of you. That's spiritual reproduction that is taking place through the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you realize that salvation is the greatest miracle any man or woman will ever receive, you will see the magnitude of what the, re- of what the resurrection represents when it comes to the eternal life of men and women. Because without that power, men and women live eterni- eternally separated from God. But with that power, men and women are united to God eternally and are able to fulfill his plan and purpose for the Father's family. There's a great book by E.W. Kenyon called The Father's Family. So we see this great scene, this great drama played out. A sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God uh, unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man, the house of David, a man named Joseph, the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel uh, uh, came into her, came unto her and said, Hail thou that are highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, She was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. So a sovereign act, but principles that affect us all. What is that? You cannot accept the word of God or the will of God with your mind. Your mind will not accept it. Your mind does not understand the supernatural. That's why the mind gravitates to the sensational. You say, what do you mean? Well, if it can be felt, if if there's this great feeling, then a lot of people attribute that to God, when many times it's not. You don't have to have a great emotional release or feeling to have received anything from God. Amen? I mean, a lot of people think, well, I didn't feel anything. Well, thank God you didn't because we live in a dispensation that says we live by faith and not by sight. So we understand that this, this great drama is taken. I guarantee you there was probably emotions, feelings. Here's an archangel standing there. But Mary's looking and she's trying to compute in her mind. What's this guy saying to me? Hail, thou that are highly favored. The Lord is with me. Blessed am I among women. And the first thing that hit her mind is the first thing that hits your mind whenever God talks to you. Well, you can't be talking to me. <laughs> Amen? I tell you, you've got to live in the light of what God says about you. You're going to live in the shadow of what you think about yourself. And I tell you, that's a miserable place to live. But immediately her mind began to resist redemption. There was resi- now, the next thing the angel said was what? Fear not, Mary. Fear always tries to raise up when the plan of God is revealed. And the plan of God always begins with God revealing to you how he sees you. Not how you see yourself, not how the world sees you, not how the government sees you, not how teachers see you, not how employees see you, how God sees you. 
He sees you as an overcomer. He sees you as victorious. He sees you as delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. He sees you as the righteousness of God in Christ. He sees you as the healed of God. He's, listen, that's the only way. Listen, if you're going to get delivered and stay delivered, that's the only way is to see it in the word of God, accept it, walk in the light of it through the confession of your mouth Amen. and the obedience of your life. Yes. Amen? You say, well, 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 isn't there some easier way? No, there's not. Let me just say this. 99 and 9 tenths percent of everything you need to get out of or get delivered from in your life, you're going to have to outgrow it. <laughs> People don't like that. Let me say that again. 99 and 9 tenths percent of everything you face in your life, you're going to have to just outgrow it. But thank God you can outgrow anything. You can outgrow cancer. You can outgrow arthritis. You can outgrow diabetes. You just got to keep growing in God, growing in God, growing in God. As you grow in God, I guarantee you his word manifests in your life and you find greater liberty, greater freedom. Next thing you know, you're thinking, man, how could I ever live like this in the past? Thank God whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Yeah. Amen. So she's struggling with the same thing we all struggle with. Mind, 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 fear. Mind, fear, mind, fear, mind, fear. So what does God do? God sends more word. Let me try that again. You might like to hear that tonight. What does God do? God sends more word. More word. More word. More word. Now see, here's what we want. We want greater anointing. We need a greater anointing. But if you ain't got no more word, you ain't going to have greater anointing. Because when you get less word and greater anointing, you get kinky. (laughs) Yes, you do, and I've seen them get kinky. But the angel stood right with the plan of God. There's her mind. She's messed up in her mind. There's fear. So here's what we're going to do. We're just going to saturate her with the word. I'm just going to speak the word, speak the word, speak the word, speak. So what's he do? He speaks the word. Here we go. Everybody say, here we go. go. Let me find it. It says, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Now you say, why why is his name Jesus? Because the father... In the Hebrew, tradition has the right to name the child. And God had the right to name his son. Who named him Jesus? God named him Jesus. Who named him Jesus? God named him Jesus. Amen? So now, now notice, now notice, greater revelation coming. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob uh, forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. That's all, that's all in the old covenant. That's all word, 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 word. Amen? Everybody say the word. word. Everybody say the word. word. Now notice this. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be more, no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now first of all, Mary's just like the rest of us. She was not deity. She was all of the tradition of all the different denominations that say she was something greater than the picture that the word paints. They're wrong. Amen? You say, well, I think I should be talking to Mary. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. You should be talking to Jesus. Amen? Amen? Now, here's the thing. 
He begins to impart this word, impart this word, impart this word. It's working, it's working on her work. But then when it gets to the end for her response, she says, okay, but how shall this be seeing I know not a man? Now, the, the, the event, sovereign, but the principles are unique to our covenant. You say, what do you mean by that? Listen, God sees her in a way in which she does not see herself. God has a plan for her in which she did not plan for herself. <laughs> I know it's good. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> because we're the same way. We don't see ourselves the way God sees us, and God has a plan for us that we didn't plan for ourselves. So what do we try to do? We try to figure out how we're going to do what God's telling us to do. So what's God telling her to do? What is God telling her to do? What is God telling her to do? God is saying, for you, I want you to have a baby. But I don't want you to have a baby the biological way. I want you to have a baby the way I'm going to tell you to have a baby. So we go back to she cast in her mind. What matter? <laughs> no, no, no. She's being prepared for reception. But now notice what the angel said to her. Behold, thou shalt conceive. You say, what do you mean? There is a conception in the spirit. You'll see this in a minute. I'll show it to you very plainly in a minute. There is a conception in the spirit that must take place so there can be reproduction of the covenant. Amen? Listen, the spirit man on the inside of you has a spiritual womb. In that womb goes the seed of the word of God. The seed of the Word of God, listen, it's your healing, it's your deliverance, it's your prosperity, it's your blessing. It is a precious seed is what Peter calls it. Amen? The Bible says, uh, Paul called it the ungrafted Word of God. Abraham, build you up and bring you into the inheritance of the saints. Amen? So there are things you must conceive of. Thank God. Thank God for healing. Thank God for prosperity. Thank God for all these doctrines that give us benefit and comfort. But if you don't have a conception of the reality in your spirit man, that you're at the mercy of the world system, then all you have to depend on is God's mercy. Where God doesn't want you living in his mercy, he wants you living in his grace, only dependent upon his mercy when you make mistakes. Amen. Amen. So here she is. She's a little vulnerable now. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? She seems a little more acceptant, but still reluctant because there's not been given an explanation that supplies the intellect with relief. Now, let me just stop there for a moment. If you think that God and you serving God and doing your best to follow his plan and path for your life is going to supply you with all kinds of explanation and ways of doing things that's going to satisfy your intellect, you're wrong. You're going to go out just like Abraham did in Hebrews 11, not knowing where he was going. Where are you going, Abraham? I don't know. I'm just going. <laughs> now, that's not talking about you leaving the church. Well, Pastor, I'm just going to go. Well, you're going to get run over about three streets down. Amen? But in your walk with God, you've got to abandon yourself and just take off in the things of God. 
in your confession, in the Word, read your Bible, study, pray, all those things that you need to be doing every day. That's part of preparing you for a conception taking place in you. Anytime the word is taught or preached, a conception is take, can take place in you. Anytime you study or meditate on the word, there can be a conception. There can be a spiritual reproduction process take place and you can rise to another level of faith. But now notice this. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost. Now here's where the devil gets real nervous. When you start including the ability of the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost in something, you're fixing to get a breakthrough. Something's fixing to happen. You're fixing to go from what is, what is impossible and untangible to something that is real and possible. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now notice, conception means you're going to have to carry something. Carrying something means you're going to have to birth something. Moms know more about that than anybody else. But here's the thing. Every promise in the Word of God is designed and given to you in seed form for that purpose. For you to conceive, carry, and birth. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, I've spent 39 years conceiving, carrying, and birthing doctrines in my life that I not only use for my own benefit, but I use to minister to the church and to minister everywhere I go. The healing doctrine. Listen, when I get sick, when I get infirmed, I don't run to the doctor. I don't run to the healing evangelist. I go to the Word. And I say, God, what do you want me to do? Is this a doctor's visit? Is this a hospital visit? Is this standing on the word? Is this declaring? I mean, I've got to find out what is my path for healing. And once I find that path and know what it is, I go down that path. And I've never gone down that path. And when I got to the end, I wasn't healed. I mean, the manifestation of healing wasn't there. You know why? Because I've had a conception and I've carried and I've birthed healing in my spirit and in my life so I can partake of it myself and I can minister it to you when you need it. Well, that shouldn't just be the pastor. That should be every person in the church, every person in the body. Same with prosperity. I don't cry over, you know, oh, Lord, we need money. What are we going to do? No, no. I just cooperate with what has been conceived on the inside of me, what I have carried and what I have birthed. The doctrines that I believe in, the doctrines that I have proved that work, there has been a conception. I have carried those. I have birthed those, and I walk in their ability today. I'm raising them in my life as they support me. Because that's the platforms in which God comes and works in my life. Every doctrine. Which, if you notice, for me, the strongest is my redemptive beliefs and my faith beliefs. You say, why is that? That's where I spend most of my time. I find them to be the most beneficial. Amen. So here, here is this angel. Now, notice this unique process. The Word comes. The word comes. I I can't figure that out. More word, more word. Well, I'm in fear. Deal with the fear. More word. Amen? And then, well, maybe I can accept the plan, but how am I going to do it? I can't do that. All right, here's what we're going to do. Here comes the Holy Ghost. Amen? Here comes God himself. He's going to come on you. 
He's going to overshadow you. That holy thing which shall be called of you, born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. Now here's the next one. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth. She hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Woo, hallelujah. So she gets to a point, Mary does, where she's accepted of the plan of God, but unwilling to accept how to carry it out because of its impossibility. So the angel is going, looking up at God, and God is imparting to the angel, and, the, and God says to the angel, tell her the Holy Ghost. Tell her the Holy Ghost is coming. Well, she ain't going to figure that out. But then tell her this, which is what? The testimony of someone else who is conceived in carrying, and it was called barren with her. See, see, Elizabeth was barren. Mary was impossible. Oh, I wish I had time to teach on that tonight. <laughs> Never mind. Anyhow. It's true. Including, now think of this. The testimony of someone going through what you may be going through or that has gone through what you may be going through. This is what I call the spark of inspiration where something is fixing to happen. Yeah. You say, what do you mean by that? Because this angel is saying, Behold thy cousin Elizabeth. This is the sixth month with her who was called what? Barren. Now she's, now she's six months pregnant. Then the next... Scripture. Look at the next scripture. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now, this is what I call, it's just one of those scriptures in the Bible that you really can't use your mind to talk yourself out of. Because your mind wants to explore the boundaries of what impossible may mean. I mean, you might be looking at something and I say, well, that's just impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. Well, pastor, you just know I'm telling you, the Bible says, but with God, nothing is impossible. I like to amplify it. I think it says, uh, uh, no word from God is, in, uh, is without power or impossible of being brought to pass. Whoa. So here is a scripture that if you try to with your mind, you can't do the mind thing with you. Like, at the end of the day, you're just going to have to go like this. Amen? For with God, nothing shall be... That arrested her intellect, put her brain in neutral, and she had an opportunity to make a spiritual statement. Now notice what's the... the, the, the uh, after verse, what is it, 37? Notice how she responds. And Mary said... Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy... Now that's not the word logos. That is the word rhema. That is, that is Mary saying this. I realize and I recognize this is a specific word for me. This is a life word. This is not the logos of God printed in the Torah of God. This is a word for me. 
my word. Everybody say my word. My word. My My conception. My womb. My child. Jesus. Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy. Now think of this. At that point in time, we talked last week. We looked at three or four scriptures in the Old Covenant that, I mean, everything in the Old Covenant talks about what's going on right here. The virgin conceiving, where it would happen in Bethlehem, I mean, where it would happen in, in, in Nazareth, everything that happened was already foretold. Already foretold. Amen? So when she makes the statement, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me. She's giving permission. Her mind has not given permission. Her flesh has not given permission. Shows us that in preeminence, the spirit is preeminent. That means your spirit man is stronger than your mind and stronger than your flesh. Now think of this. When she said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, all of that word that was ever spoken from Genesis 3.15 to the end of Malachi, everything that David ever spoke, everything that Isaiah ever spoke, everything that Moses ever said, every prophetic word about the Lord Jesus Christ in the unseen realm, swirled in that unseen realm, and came down into the physical realm. You say, where did it come into the physical realm? It came into the faith of Mary. And when she said, behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word unto thy rhema, that word went into her physical flesh and Jesus was conceived in her womb. That's not some mystery kept up in the Vatican somewhere. This is your principle. This is how it works. This is why it hadn't worked for some people. Say it's healing. All right. I've been up in the prayer lines. I've had all the evangelists lay hands on me. I'm standing on the word of God. I don't think I'm any better. As a matter of fact, I think I'm worse. So what are you going to do? Well, I hope pastor has somebody really anointed coming. No, that's not what you need to do. What you really need to do is to press into the Word of God and get to the place like Mary did where you say, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word of healing, word of prosperity, word of deliverance, word of righteousness, word of joy, word of salvation, whatever it is, and you make that decision. I am giving my permission and my acceptance. And when you do that, you do that unabandoned. You say, what does that mean? No strings attached. No strings attached. But you have to have the word to do it. He said, I'm just going to do it. Be it unto me according to thy word. What word are you standing on? What is your word? What is your word? Not my word. What is your word? What is your word? See, what is your word? If you don't say, I don't have a word, but then you need to get one. You need to get in that book. You need to ask. You need to seek. You need to knock. You need to come to church. You need to sit there and you don't need to listen. You need to hear and you need to open up the womb of your spirit and say, here I am, Lord. Be it unto thy handmaiden. Be it unto thy manservant. According to thy rhema, the word that's real to me. Now, what we do many times is we based receiving or not receiving on an emotion or a feeling. 
when actually receiving has no, there's no, there's no physical manifestation that would assure you of whether or not you've received anything or not. If there was, you would not need the element or the force of faith. Amen? One of the ways you know you have faith is you know. Amen? You say, well, what, do you, what do you mean? That? One of the ways you know you have faith is you know. One of the ways you know that you're working on your faith is that you believe. Believing is the first step toward getting to knowing. And once you begin to, how can I say this without getting on the subject? Once you begin to practice good prenatal care with your seed. Amen. You say, what do you mean by that? You've got to realize that every Every bit of this book is a precious seed of God. I mean, this is it. This is the answer for all the problems of humanity. This is Jesus right here. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. When Jesus walked on the earth, this is what was walking on the earth right here. You say, you've got to be crazy. No, that's exactly what it was. It was the Word of God in manifestation. When you see Him, when we get to heaven, when He comes in the clouds, the rapture of the church, He'll be this awesome being glowing with the anointing and power of God. But across His middle will be this big sash and it will bear His name. And you know what His name is? The Word of God. Amen. So, when you begin to understand, now wait a second. Everything that connects me to this creator of the universe is his word. And once I adhere to his words, he adds the element of spirit and name and power. The Lord's really been dealing with me, with me lately and, and speaking to me and saying, you have to understand the power sources of the kingdom are there for you through redemption. But if you do not act on them or cut the switch of faith on them, they lie dormant and they don't work in your life. But even now, with how we believe and what we believe, protection, safety, growing in us, there are continual conceptions that are taking place in the lives of many men and women that will bring you to a greater place of blessing in the kingdom of God if you will allow the exposure to happen. You say, what do you mean? <laughs> All conception takes place through exposure. Now, let me try that again. Some of you might, might it's because your, your, your mind goes toward the flesh side. Don't do that. All conception takes place through exposure. I mean, if, you know, one of our ladies comes in, you know, and next thing you know, begins to show like she say, well, you know, me and, me and my husband, we're, we're going to have a baby. It's funny. I haven't seen him in two years. I would think in my mind, maybe some exposure has taken place that people don't realize it's taken place. Because, now listen to me, there's always evidence of conception from the inside out. So I judge many times conception by what I see in people's faces and eyes and faces. People other than But people that smile. 
have this look on their face like they know something that you don't. I'm talking about us in general, you know. They seem to have this unique element of peace without alcohol and drugs, some kind of, you know, no, it's God. It's what God's done for us in Christ. And this awesome, awesome event of the incarnation. There's so much. We'll get into this next week about the prophecies that go forth. The two, mm, I got to throw this out because you'll like this. The two people in the temple when Jesus came in on the eighth day for his circumcision that had been intercessors and prayer warriors, that those are the two that prayed Jesus onto the planet. God let us see them and put their names in the Bible. The Lord spoke this to me. He says, he said to me, you either serve God in the moment in which you live, dealing with the current needs of the hour, or you serve God for what's coming. And if you serve God for what's coming, you'll see what's coming, and you'll also, those things that you're dealing with will be taken care of because you're serving God for what's coming. Amen. That's what those two prophets did. They served God for what was coming. And when they served God for what was coming, they saw what was coming. God did not let them die till they saw what was coming. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? How many know something's coming? How many feel like there's something in the spirit being carried? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight. Stand on your feet, if you will. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. We know that one day in time, that angel came to the earth. And he spoke a word to a young virgin girl. A word that had been kept for 4,000 years. Four millennium. Forty centuries. That word was spoken and added to, amplified, and released upon the earth 2,000 years ago. Jesus came to save people like me and those that have made him Lord and Savior. And Lord, tonight, let us sense what we've been carrying. That which has been deposited, that rhema, that awakening, that revival, that refreshing. Thank you for it, Father. Lord, as we leave tonight, your word is working. There's been a conception of protection. And we declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. And in every aspect of our life and living, we declare the protection of God over our children, our grandchildren, our friends and loved ones, over our community, region in which we live. We thank you for it, Father. In our travels and the righteous labor of our hand, we thank you. Let our witness, Lord, 
Lord, with the extremes of perversion and the extremes of medical and financial and political turmoil, let the extremes of revival begin to arrive in the church. Awakenings and outpourings, stirrings and shakings of God. Let the light shine in the midst of this darkness, Lord. We cry out as your people. Stir our hearts. Let us be an answer to those that are praying. Let us be a problem to the spirits of hell, the devil himself. Let us be a miracle. Lord, you said that we are the children given for signs and wonders in the earth this day and hour. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. For we know that you're pleased by our faith. We walk in love toward one another. We cover one another in love. Thanking you for a greater grace as Christ grows in us. Thank you for it, Father. Lord, we leave tonight walking in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, powered by the word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.